Welcome to Quality Living Made Simple. This is a podcast to help you create and maintain a quality life. We can do this by implementing simple tips, tools, and ideas. You can find out more at qualitylivingmadesimple.com. Now, here's your host, Joshua Rivers. All right, I'm joined uh, again today with another incredible guest. Uh, this is a friend of mine and probably a familiar name if you've listened to the podcast for a little while. Uh, and so we have with us today John Stolpe. How are you doing, John? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast today, Joshua. Yeah, definitely glad to have you. And so you've been listening to the podcast for a while. You've been interacting several different times uh, throughout submitting some questions and you've actually won several of the prizes um, through some of the contests that have come down. And so definitely glad to be able to finally talk to you um, in person, as it were. Well, I appreciate it. I believe I have listened to just about every episode that you have you've issued and it's been encouraging and it's also been exciting to see you grow as you've gone through this journey. I can tell you that, you know, when you go back and listen to the beginning ones and compare it to where you are now, it's it's amazing to see how much you've stretched and grown in your own uh, ability to, you know, to produce and and put out quality content. So, thank you for the chance again to be on your podcast. I I'm grateful for the opportunity. Well, I definitely appreciate that. So it's good to know that at least someone is out there actually listening. And so sometimes you sit behind the microphone and uh, you hit publish and you kind of wonder sometimes uh, if anyone's on the other side. But it's good to know uh, that there is somebody there. And so there's at least one. <laughs> and uh, yes. one one's enough. So I'm definitely glad for that. Now, uh, you mentioned about the growth that I've had and you mentioned a word in there that um, is very key to a lot of what you do, at least online, um, that is you use the word stretched. And so um, with that, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about your um, blog? Sure. Um, I started my blog back in July of 2007 when a friend of mine encouraged me to start writing on a regular basis. And he had already started his own blog. I think I, I blog quite a bit more than he does these days, but um, I was trying to develop, I was trying to figure out a theme for my blog and I kept coming back to the word stretch. Um, stretch for me was actually a nickname late in high school. When I started my junior year in high school, I was actually five foot six and fairly short. I mean, maybe that was average size but I think it was on the shorter side of things. And now, now I am almost six foot six. So I've grown a foot since then. And I did a lot of growing towards the end of high school and into college. And my friends began to call me stretch. And so that kind of stuck with me. I, I don't know that many people call me that today, except through my blog. But um, when, I was, when I was thinking about the theme for my blog, I kept coming back to the word stretch because I think that it's something, a theme that has a, you know, carried with me throughout life in that, you know, life provides a lot of stretching opportunities and stretching experiences. And so really my blog has become a place where I get the opportunity to reflect out loud on life's stretch, stretching experiences. It's a place where I can document life stretch marks, so to speak. 
And it's also a place where I hope that I can encourage others to stretch as well. So a lot of what I write on the blog is related to experiences that I might be having with my family. Um, so there's definitely a parenting and a, and a marriage component to it. Um, there's certainly a missions component to it. Uh, over the last couple of years, our family has been pretty active in local ministry, but also in international missions to Guatemala. So that's been a focus. Um, there's definitely a leadership and a personal growth focus that continues to, to pop up um, as, I've, as I blog. Typically, I'm blogging Monday through Friday. Uh, for a while, I was trying to do Saturday and Sunday as well, and I kind of realized that I was maybe stretching myself a little bit too much, and I needed to provide some, some margin for uh, some of the other things in my life. So I backed off to just the five days a week. And for the most part, that has been a, you know, a good pattern or rhythm to, to how I write on a daily basis. So. Yeah, I definitely enjoy being able to um, go over there, um, and that is johnstolpe.com. Yep, that's correct. And so we'll have a link to that, of course, in the show notes for everyone. And so this is episode 55, so you can reach the show notes at simpleliving.us forward slash 055, and you'll be able to get the links to that as well as uh, several of the other things that we're going to be mentioning here shortly. Now, you have a book that is being released uh, today, in fact, but before we talk about that, um, I do have a couple questions that I want to ask you that we've been asking, as you know, um, many of the guests that have been coming on. And so, first of all, I wanted to ask you, what does quality living mean to you personally? That's a really a great question, and I, I'm always interested to hear what, how people answer that question uh, as they're interviewed on your podcast. I, I kept coming back to the same verse that's kind of been one of my life verses or life sections of verses and I, in Colossians. Colossians 4, it talks about devoting yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. That's Colossians 4, verses 2 through 6. And... Kind of the phrase that always sticks out to me is making the most of every opportunity. And I think that a quality life, from my standpoint, means making the most of every opportunity. Uh, that could mean sharing your faith with somebody. Um, I think that that's certainly what Paul, Paul seems to imply in his letter to the Colossians. But it, I think it also means um, the opportunities that we have with our families, the opportunities that we have uh, perhaps with our coworkers and friends and acquaintances, um, just in our conversation and in our time together, um, those are opportunities that I don't want to waste. And I think that a quality life would be made by making the most of, of each and every opportunity that we can. That's an excellent answer. I love that. And so making the most out of every opportunity. And so mm -hmm. I, I would definitely agree with that. 
Um, if you'll remember last year, one of my focus words was opportunity. And so I was focusing on trying to look for and then act on um, different opportunities as they came up. And so I would definitely agree with that. Now, what is something simple that you use or maybe something that you do, maybe a practice um, that help you to work toward a better quality of living? Well, I my personality type is uh, very... I don't know if you follow the Myers-Briggs personality test, but I am an ESTJ, and typically somebody who has that personality type is somebody who likes to have everything in order. So I definitely live and breathe by my calendar. Um, it helps me to keep track of you know, all my commitments and meetings at work, but it also helps me to keep track of everything that I have going on outside of work with um, home life and church life and things like that. So the calendar has definitely been one place. My Outlook calendar has been a place that has helped me to make sure that I'm prioritizing my time right, that I'm keeping track of um, you know, my schedule so that I'm not missing out on things that might be coming my way. It also helps me to be intentional you know, for, with scheduling time with people. For example, I had a friend call me yesterday and wanted to get together for lunch and you know I was able to pop open my calendar and see that I had that slot available and schedule him in there to make sure that nobody overscheduled me so you know I know that sounds kind of you know maybe too technical or mathematical but honestly that's one of the biggest tools I have found to help me you know just keep track of everything that's going on in my life with two teenagers especially we are always on the run between scouts and track meets and um you know church events and you know different school activities um so a calendar is a way to help me make the most of my opportunities all right that is uh definitely something i need to work on i've um i'm always in pursuit of trying to um capture the different things i do better and that way i can remember to do them i don't know how many times that I was supposed to do something, and then my wife asked me afterward, did you do this? Uh, no. <laughs> just because I, I just simply forgot, and so uh, I need to have a better way of tracking that kind of stuff. And so, Well, you're not the only one. I have the same <laughs> problem from time to time. So my wife, has, my wife and I have a list on the refrigerator door that gets updated from time to time that kind of helps me stay on track with some of the, the big and small projects that I need to keep up with around the house. So, um, that is one, that is another way that helps me to have a quality life at home, I guess. Yeah. It's, um, uh, well, one thing I mentioned on a previous podcast, I don't remember which episode, but I've used it and it's been the most successful for me so far. Um, I still have to utilize it better and to more of its potential, but, uh, the app on my phone is um any dot do um hmm. and that's been um that's been a help to me um because it's it can it's kind of like a calendar slash to do list and so um I can set it to be able to give me reminders and things like that at certain times and can have reoccurring things and so um i've I've used that and it's been 
um, helpful. And so I just have to remember to set the correct time. There's been times I've set AM instead of PM or vice versa. It's uh, thrown me off a little bit. And so like today I had um, this interview um, on there as well. So that way I would make sure to remember it uh, beforehand. And so that way it didn't come up to the time. It's like, oh, yeah. So that's uh, that's one thing I'm using to try to help in that. You'll have to put that in the show notes. I would like to check that app out. Okay, I'll make a note of that. All right. Now, of course, uh, we know that we all have different failures. We were just talking about a little bit there. But maybe there's a failure that you've had um, that you would be willing to share. And then maybe a lesson that you learned from that. Yeah, I think... um... We live, at least here on the East Coast, we live in a time when things are very busy and often we are overscheduled. And I had an experience just last week where I was um, I was at my daughter's track and field meet and it was running late. There was an incident that happened on the javelin field that kind of slowed the meet down. And I had to bring her home from the meet. So I knew I needed to do that, but I was also responsible for bringing my son to Boy Scouts that night. And I, the meet went very, very late. In fact, it went, it didn't finish until after he was supposed to be at Scouts and I never called home or never checked in with him to, you know, try to get him another ride there. And I just remember coming home and him being Isaac being disappointed. Isaac is my son's name. And he was disappointed that I hadn't checked in. And, you know, I just kind of lowered my head. I was, it was definitely one of those times where I felt like, you know, I did not communicate well. You know, I, I certainly didn't, you know, I certainly left my son hanging. He was looking forward to going to Boy Scouts that night and, you know, I, I I could have simply by a phone call to my wife probably gotten her, her to bring him over there. And I just got too distracted by the meet and what was going on in the meet. And, you know, it was just one of those scenarios where I, you know, if I had it to do again, I would certainly, you know, just do a better job communicating, which I think is, you know, certainly part of what allows us to make the most of, you know, the opportunities that we have before us. Um, another example, I, I hope you don't mind me giving you two, but something that That's came good. to mind when I was initially thinking of this question, you know, I, I went back to a memory I have in high school where a friend of mine, actually two friends of mine were doing something that they shouldn't have been doing. And I had enough knowledge to know that they were involved in, in you know, this activity, but I didn't speak up about it. And you know, as a result, they, I mean, I don't know that it was my fault necessarily that they got in trouble. I wasn't the one that was actually doing the activity, but they did get in trouble eventually. Their actions led to some, you know, really some lifelong um, circumstances that they both have to deal with. And, you know, I, I look back and I wish that I had spoken up. I wish that I had made the most of the opportunity to you know, to mention to them or to say to them that what they were doing was not right. And so I kind of always have that in the back of my head. And I, you know, I wish I could tell you that I always get it right. But, you know, that memory, you know, while I can never go back and fix it as a reminder, 
that uh, you know sometimes making the most of every opportunity means um, calling somebody out on the carpet and and you know trying to help them to find the right path. And so I try to do that. Um, I wish I could say I was perfect, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, most of us aren't. But um, yeah, so those are some great lessons, and so. Uh, definitely thankful for you sharing those. Now, uh, let's go ahead and take a little bit of time here to look at your book. Um, it is called On Track, correct? Yes, it is called uh, On Track, and the subtitle is Life Lessons from the Track and Field. And essentially what it does is it takes my love for running. Uh, a few years ago, actually several years ago, I started running more regularly. I had noticed that you know, as my age had started to creep up a little bit and my job puts me at a desk a lot of the time, uh, my metabolism was starting to slow down. So I would come home from work and have dinner and, you know, probably snack a bit. And, and I like to eat. I, I actually love to eat. <laughs> so, you know, I was noticing that, you know, my stomach was getting a little bit bigger. I was getting slower and I needed to do something about it. So I started running. And at first it started out with, you know, two or three miles running around the neighborhood as fast as I could. And then I couldn't do any more. And then a good friend of mine um, was getting ready to run a half marathon. And he said, why don't you come out and train with me? Or why don't you come out on one of our long runs with me? And I was like, how long are you going? And he said, well, we're going to do about nine miles today. Nine miles. I don't think I had ever run that far in my life, but <laughs> I went. I went out and I ran with him, and uh, I actually found enjoyment in it. You know, I was somehow able to run the nine miles. Uh, obviously, it was at a little bit of a slower pace than I was used to, um, but I think that that was part of the key. It kind of got me over the hump of realizing that I could run, you know, longer distances if I just slowed down a little bit. And so after that, I started running. Uh, you know, more on my own. And I eventually I got up to the point where I've done, uh, I think I've done three full marathons now. I've done a handful of half marathons and I've done, so I've done a lot of 5Ks um, around the area. And I just learned to enjoy running. It's something that, you know, I actually like to do now. It gives me an opportunity to uh, reflect and think about uh, things of life. Normally I feel like life is going at such a fast pace that we don't always have time to reflect and running gives me that opportunity. And then it was also very helpful in overcoming my love for food. So, uh, it's kind of helped keep that in check. So the book kind of came partially out of that and then partially out of, uh, my enjoyment for writing. I, about seven years ago, I started writing my blog and you know, after a few years of that, I really learned that I enjoyed writing. I'm an engineer by background, and so an engineer is typically not noted for um, their writing uh, skill or enjoyment, but it's something that, you know, I've actually found uh, to be um, healthy for me. It's been something that has been therapeutic for some of the things that I've gone through in life. And, you know, it's also been a place where I feel like I've been able to encourage people. So the book is essentially an intersection of my love for writing, 
for running, my love for writing, and then my faith. And so basically with the book, I take different aspects of the track and field world. And, you know, I talk about, for example, I talk about the starting blocks in the first chapter. And I share about how a, a runner who's getting into the starting blocks needs to be prepared. Uh, he needs to be wearing the right clothes. He needs to um, have trained and be ready for the race. Um, and then he needs to listen. He needs to listen to the uh, officials as they give instructions on what's going to happen at the start and, and as they finish the race and as they run the race. And then they need to be still. You know, When they finally get into the starting blocks, they have to be completely still. If they're not still, um, they're going to miss out on what's going on, and they're also going to be disqualified. And then finally, I talk about the, the, their need to be alert. They've got to listen for that sound of the gun so that as soon as the starting gun goes off, they can you know, stand up and be in a full run as, as quickly as possible. So in that first chapter, I talk about, I relate that to our faith in that as we, as Christ followers, um, you know, we're, we are running a race in essence. And when we get into our starting blocks, we need to be prepared. We need to you know, as it talks about in Ephesians 6, we need to wear the full armor of God, and that's part of our preparation. I also talk about the importance of, uh, of listening and um, listening for God's voice. You know, part of that is reading God's word. Um, I would say that part of that is, pro is going to church. Um, you know, those are probably two major, major areas. I think you know, another part of that for me is certainly listening to um, quality content and reading quality content that helps build me up and build up my faith as opposed to reading or viewing stuff that, that tears that down. And then being still, you know, there's a verse in Psalms that talks about being still and knowing that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. We get so tied up in the busyness of life um, that often we miss out on God's voice. Um, and I am just as guilty of that um, as anybody else. And I think that, you know, a real essential for us as Christ followers is to take time to be still, um, to take time to listen to God's, to God's voice. And then, I, it, you know, being alert, you know, is kind of, you know, in, in, Mark, it talks about being on guard, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. Uh, we need to be always ready. And part of that is, you know, getting back to my answer on the quality, on what quality living means. You know, we need to be alert to every opportunity that lies in front of us. So essentially, the book takes um, different aspects of the track and field world, and it relates it to our everyday life. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed being able to read through it. Um, I am not a runner. Um, <laughs> I'm barely a walker. <laughs> no, um, I, I do have a desire to try to um, get going on that. My wife and I are uh, both thinking about doing that. We're going to start with our treadmill um, just because of our schedule and convenience. So we're going to jump on the treadmill and uh, start doing some of that. Um, so I, I've never really been involved myself in running events. Um, but I have seen 
um, a few. I've seen a couple live, and then, uh, of course, I've seen some like at the Olympics and things like that. And so as you were going through and describing some of these different events and then some of the and then applying different lessons, I was able to have a, a really good visual of what that would mean. Um, and then it just really enriched the lessons that you were trying to bring forth um, from those as well. And so I definitely appreciate that. Now, in one of the chapters, um, the second chapter, you talk about training. Um, and that's where you talk about lessons from the practice field. Um, in that, you mention six tips for helping to keep your eye on the prize. Um, and I wanted you to talk about a little bit of that, but one of them in particular that kind of tied in with something that you just uh, mentioned in your description of the book, um, as you were talking about your running, um, is you said that you discovered that you can run a longer distance by slowing down a bit. Um, and so I, I really love that um, phrase that you said. But then in the book here, uh, you talk about cross-training and rest. And you say that they provide renewed energy, sustained growth, and fresh perspective for our spiritual lives. Can you go ahead and maybe talk about that a little bit and then maybe some of these other tips for keeping your eyes on the prize? Sure. Um as I mentioned earlier, I've done a few marathons, and part of marathon training involves um, pretty a pretty strenuous workout and um, training schedule. Usually, they're 16 to 18 weeks long, and they involve ramping up your mileage um, over time, so that by the time you get to running the actual marathon, um, you know you're in good shape, you're ready to go, you can run you can run all 26.2 miles. Um, because you've done it before, your training has prepared you. Um, but often, most of those training programs include um, not just running, but they include days for rest, and they include days for cross-training, maybe bicycling or um, you know, taking a hike or something like that. And I think that that applies to, you know, to a lot of what we do, um, you know, we need to take days for rest. Um, we cannot go, you know, 24-7 um, all the time without taking a break. And this is a lesson that I continually have to come back to. I'm very, very busy. But, you know, it's so important that we take times for rest. I think that, you know, God strategically um, commanded us to have regular Sabbaths in our life. And... That was that was not just for him. That was for us as well. And you know that's part of allowing us to to enjoy life and to be refreshed. And um, you know, so often in today's culture, you know, we don't take the breaks that we really need. I mean, even on our days off, we are you know running from one place to the next. And I like, I think somewhere in the book I reference this, but there's um, a passage that my dad shared with me or a saying that my dad shared with me a while ago that always comes back to me about the importance of having one minute of Sabbath every hour, one hour of Sabbath every day, and a day of Sabbath every week. And, um, you know, that's important in our spiritual lives, um, to, you know, to keep us going. 
And I would say as far as cross-training goes, um, you know, obviously I believe that God's word has got to be, you know, the foundation for, you know, for our training. But there's a lot of great resources out there as well that can help to supplement that. You know, I listen to a lot of great podcasts. I read a lot of great blogs and books that um, help to encourage me and, you know, maybe speak in a little bit different perspective on God's word to help me in in walking a path that um, that honors God and pleases him. And so I guess that's really what I was trying to get at when I talked about the importance of cross training and rest in in our training patterns. Now, how about some of the other um, tips for keeping your eyes on the prize? What are a um, couple of those that you mentioned? Yeah, um, keeping the keeping the eye, you know, eyes on the prize. Um, you know, I talk in that chapter specifically about the importance of setting goals. Um, you know, we need to have we need to have goals in our lives, and um, I think that that kind of helps you know, helps us go in a certain direction. But the other thing I've learned along the way, too, is that we need to be flexible with God's direction. You know, sometime in my, you know, my running world is kind of a, a good example sometimes. You know, I wanted to run, you know, a certain time when I did the Baltimore Marathon several years ago. I wanted to break four hours. To the, to the uh, seasoned runner, that may not seem fast, but... Um, you know, to somebody like myself, that was a great time. So I wanted to, to run four hours. And so that was the goal I had set. But while I was running that race, um, I strained my IT band. It's a ligament that runs basically from your knee up um, behind your hip. And it made it very painful to run. And so I soon realized, you know, while I was in the middle of that race, I realized that four hours was not going to be possible. And so I needed to be, I needed to change my perspective and my target to finishing the race and to being healthy. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, we have some great ideas and great goals for um, the things that we want to set. You know, at the, every year, at the beginning of the year, I set goals, um, resolutions or targets, um, however you want to say it. And, you know, those are things I want to go after. But the reality is, is that life happens, and sometimes our targets, our targets, while they are, you know, well thought out and um, well intended, um, they don't always necessarily match up with what God has in store for us. And we need to, um, you know, we need to be flexible, and we need to be listening for God's voice and direction as life continues to to unravel or. Uh, um, you know, to show itself is in the things that we come across. So that's one, you know, one thing that I talked about. I think as far as keeping your eye on the prize, um, you know, that's just something where we certainly need to stay in God's word if we're going to, you know, keep our eye on the right prize. It's so easy to to have our target or our mindset in the wrong place, but you know, we need to make sure that you know, our, our eyes are fixed on, you know, the author and perfecter of our faith. I love the, the uh, verse from Hebrews 12 that talks about, 
you know, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That is the prize. <laughs> He's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Ultimately, that's the prize we need to be focused on. It's easy in today's world to get diverted and to be focusing on, you know, other things that may be okay. I mean, writing a book is a great thing, but I still need to have my focus on Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We do. And so I, um, I love that verse as well. Uh, and so I've, I've used that many times in my life to be able to help get myself focused again on the things that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I was wanting to dive in a little bit more um, into the next chapter, uh, but I think for the sake of time, we're just going to kind of um, leave that for people to be able to see in the book themselves. Um, and so you kind of covered some of that kind of as you went through and explained some of these stories. Um, and that is, um, uh, one of the ideas of determination, um, and then also um, having trust and having a cheering section and things like that. Also in the book, you mentioned uh, several different other um, parts of a track and field meet, um, an event. And so uh, you talk about relay races, hurdles, long jumps, um, even go into talk some about um, javelin, chalk putt, and um, discus. So different things like that as well. And so I definitely love the stories uh, that you tell with those, but then also especially the lessons that you've been able to pull out from that and lessons not just for um, being physically fit or training, but especially for applying them to life. And so I would definitely highly recommend people to go ahead and get a copy of this book. Um, so why don't you go ahead and tell everybody how they can be able to get a hold of this. Well, as you mentioned, the book releases today on Amazon.com. It's available in paperback and as an ebook. Um, so that is um, probably the best way to, to do that. So you could go onto Amazon and search for On Track, Life Lessons from the Track and Field. Uh, you can search for me, John Stolpe, and you should be able to find the book. Um, I'm assuming we'll be able to get a link on your show notes for um, the actual page um, where they could go to as well. Um, but that would probably be the easiest way to get a hold of that. And again, that book is available starting today on Amazon. Yeah, and I'll make um, a simple link as well for people to go to. Um, so you can go to simpleliving.us forward slash on track, uh, just one word. And um, I'll make sure that takes you to that Amazon page there so that you can be able to get a hold of that book um, easily. And so again, definitely highly recommend this. And so um, definitely go ahead and take the time to go out there, do that and read it. And I'm sure John would also appreciate a review um, there as well. And so to be able to help spread the word even further. Um, and then also um, I would definitely encourage you to share this as well on um, social media 
And so I'll be able to let all of your friends know about John's book as well to be able to help spread that. And so um, if you go to the show notes, we'll even have uh, some um, some tweets and things um, preset so that you just have to uh, click on those and make it easy for you to be able to share those as well. And so definitely uh, excited to be able to have you with us again, John, um, and uh, definitely looking forward to all the great things that you um, have in store later on. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before um, we sign off? No, I appreciate the opportunity to to share about the book and just share about uh, some of uh, what is stretching me these days. And I am looking forward to, you know, listening to your future podcast interviews and, and conversations that you have here. I think that you do a great job encouraging people to consider how they can live a quality life. And that's a, that's an important subject to tackle. So thank you for the opportunity to uh, to be on the podcast today. And, um, I just, yeah, just can't thank you enough. Well, again, I definitely appreciate it. So good to talk to you finally, and, uh, hopefully it won't be the last. (laughs) Thank you, Joshua. Thank you for listening to the quality living made simple podcast. Please take a moment to share this with your social circles. Also, go to simpleliving.us forward slash iTunes to leave a review on iTunes. Now, go and create the quality of life you deserve. It's simple, 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 simple.